This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina. I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. Uh, And we are joined here in the No Bad Ideas remote recording suite um, by... Um, a man who has penetrated our lair despite our best efforts to uh, hold him off, to hold him at bay. He has infiltrated his way on here. Now we might as well just record with him. I don't know He's how we're going to He's infiltrated our minds long before that. It's <laughs> fine. You shouldn't have left the toilet window open after you went number two. That's the way ah, I got it. <laughs> it was very considerate, time. that Classic. was the crack Classic. in your perfect armor. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a... Uh, Writer, podcaster, comedian, you've heard him on Wooden Overcoats. If you have not yet heard him on his own show, Crowley Time, you absolutely need to. It's the fabulous Tom Crowley. How are you doing, sir? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Very exciting to be here. Oh, we're we're so excited excited. to have you. Indeed. It's an honor, sir. Oh, bless you all. Honor to be here with you. Uh, Tom, before we jump into kind of our madness, do you want to tell the people at home a little bit about your madness do you want to tell them about your show and what it is and why they should be listening to it oh spoilers fine. you definitely do want to listen to it oh bless you thank you gabriel well gabriel is very kind to me and has, has expressed much enthusiasm for my show the show is called crowley time with me tom crowley it's available on all good podcatchers and also the shit ones and it is a, well, it, so far up until episode 12, it was a one-man sketch comedy podcast. So sketch comedy is where I got my start. We might talk more about that later, but it's, it's my first love and still maybe my most enduring in writing is sketch comedy. It's, it's beautiful. It's the building blocks of storytelling. It's, it's a fantastic, wonderful, modular creation. And uh, I really wanted to do something in it and having... Uh, done a lot in podcasts already, uh, acting and writing in, in Wooden Overcoats, the sitcom, uh, he- head written and created by David K. Barnes, who's been on this fine program before. And Our also dear being dear friend, David K. Barnes. Wonderful David K. Barnes, beautiful, sweet-smelling, velvety David K. Barnes. Mm-hmm. And uh, also being an actor in things like Victoriosity, the detective uh, comedy, action-adventure detective comedy, uh, Victorian, uh, hyper-real uh, drama, podcast, comedy, drama. Right. Uh, also highly like recommended if you yes. have not yet heard it. Yeah, well, thank you. It's, it's thank you. I, I have that. I can say it's it's brilliant because I have very little to do with it except acting in it. But uh, it's by Chris and Jen Sugden, who are fantastic writers, and, and you'll be hearing much more exciting stuff from them soon. But Victoriosity, if you like Terry Pratchett or Douglas Adams, if you like that kind of uh, fun, freewheeling, uh, plot-driven f- uh, amusement coupled with amazing world building they deliver just that kind of thing so victoriosity i also strongly recommend but having done all this stuff and really finding through those bigger collaborative projects that there there's a real way to find an audience through podcasting and, and digital marketing i just sort of thought well i wanted to kind of create a my own thing and i wanted it to sort of be a, a, a mental scrapbook in that it is from my mind but also that it's mental 
And uh, <laughs> so it's kind of, it started like that, and I had various ideas of how to do it, but I just thought something simple like Crowley time. This is my yeah. time. You're spending Crowley time with Tom Crowley, me, Tom Crowley. And uh, naturally, that kind of uh, short, uh, I, multiple ideas in one episode thing, it feels very sketch comedy-ish. And I sort of had a contract with myself that it could change and, and be full of songs or characters, recurring or new, whatever I wanted it to be. And, and that's been really lovely, and people have found it. And, and ultimately, it's, it's, yeah, if you like it, there's a hell of a lot of me. And if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Because <laughs> it won't get any different, because it's me. The whole thing's me. But then lately, to uh, have a bit of a break from the main formula, I've released, uh, well, I'm going to, in total, release four improvisational mini-episodes called Faces of Virtue. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that I'm, I've sought out people who are, are changers in their, in their communities, in their environment, in their lives. Uh, and each of these people I meet, these are social activists and entrepreneurs, are all uh, fictitious characters played by brilliant, funny people that I know. Uh, the first one featured Benjamin Partridge from the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, which I'm also in quite a bit, and that's an amazing show. And uh, the second one uh, released recently is Lucy Farrett, a, a longtime collaborator of mine who's a brilliant comedian and actor. And uh, she was uh, playing a character called Grace Dibbins, who was uh, mounting a, a campaign of retribution after the, uh, the Royal Mail removed one of the two post boxes in her local village. So anyway, that gives you a flavor. But it's all on the same feed Crowley time with me Tom Crowley uh, some sketch some improv some songs all sorts of bits and pieces give it a listen just it do is it's one of the funniest so things fun. on the internet oh bless you guys that's really kind yeah. I mean that's all that's it needs to be uh, if you're going to listen to 12 episodes of it if you're going to listen to 5 hours of it it needs to be funny well, speaking of things that are mental and feature you, Tom Crowley, though, mm. I think that it is time to turn to our turn our attention towards the business at hand um, and get going on our own sort of um, ever shifting landscape of hilarious craziness. Um, I'm ready. I'm strapped in. I'm excited. I'm bristling. Let's do it. That's the way to be. That's uh, bristling is the right. The right word for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm rankled. This is No Bad Ideas, folks. If you have not tuned in before, this is the show where one of us brings in an article or a Craigslist ad or a Reddit post or some sort of piece of Babylonian cuneiform. Whatever it is, it always contains something that somehow fits the definition of a bad idea. And then we have just 10 short minutes to try to turn it into the pitch for a good story or the mm. concept. For a good story, if it's going to be made into a film or a book or a comic book, what would it be? And how would we turn it into something that is worth the time and the energy that it would take mm. to make it? I've heard uh, this show. I, I love this show. It's a great idea. And I, I don't want to speak too big too soon, but I'm just going to say every idea for a script we come up with today will be commissioned. Ooh. Uh, I, all I right. feel confident. I think it's, it's all going to be green lights from here to $10 billion. Ooh, what, what, was th- what was that sound? I think there was a gauntlet falling on the ground after having been thrown. Yeah, like a lovely tinny clang. Just What's, oh, yeah. What's that book next to that gauntlet? Is that the secret? What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've been It fell on ordering. the secret, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Which yeah. Is what, it would have been a louder clang if it had fallen on the floor. Well, thank God you can't see my copy of the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll stick with the secret uh, tactics for now. Lovely. Well, Sarah, I believe that you have the first bad idea I today, do. don't you? I do. Um, and this is, uh, 
We are recording this the day after uh, the Kickstarter for Unseen, a new uh, audio fiction series that all four of us are involved in. Yes, um, right. Finished up. So I have a little bit. I have a little bit of magic for you guys. Um, there's. It's. It's just. It's a character. It's re- I, really. I'm bringing you a character, and you can do with this character what you will. Um, so, dear listeners, you can. Uh, read along and watch the accompanying video. Uh, uh, There is a link to this article in the episode description. Um, And this comes from a local news channel in Idaho, uh, KTVB7, although I found it uh, on Reddit because that's where all of the the terrible things on the internet go. uh, Where insanity comes to reign. Indeed, indeed. Um, (laughs) And uh, I will read a part of the headline because I think we'll get your head in the right place and then uh, we'll do the line that made me want to uh, bring this piece to you. Excellent, so, excellent. Um, unorthodox obituary for an Idaho witch goes viral. Mm, love it already. So Love wow. it already. Excellent. Haley, Idaho. Wow. Holly Blair exploded into glitter and bats on August 17th 2020. What a way to go. The unorthodox obituary for Holly Blair, a woman out of Haley, Idaho, is gaining some attention on the internet. Uh, The obituary has been shared uh, over 800 times from Wood River Chapel's website, where her memorial page is hosted. Some shares got as many as thousands of reactions each. She is survived by four spoiled cats, two stinky dogs, three bad birds, a turtle, and an utterly useless frog named Fred, as well as three children, a husband of little to no importance. (laughs) The obituary reads, uh, This is is painting a portrait of exactly how I want to go. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But doesn't Uh, Haley Idaho sound like such a high school bitch? Yeah. I really like that top, but then Haley Idaho said I look like a sack lady, and now I I can't wear it anymore. She's like Pacifica Northwest's best friend in Gravity Falls. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) Haley Idaho. (laughs) Uh, In a fitting burial, Blair's ashes will be interred, quote, under a tree with a ridiculous multitude of animals she rescued, both wild and domestic. Um, Wait, are they getting interred with her? Uh, with that's that is all I know. <laughs> Buried the alive. <laughs> yeah, they passed away. That's how she can be reunited with her great love, Satan. That's the um, only way I'm she clear. can. Be. This sounds incredibly pyramidy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. Not in the multi-level marketing sense. Yeah, not in a scheme way. <laughs> no, in a literal lock old school. all your belongings. And Those are the original way. pyramid schemes. Yeah. Um, if two before... of you get two of your friends to be buried with me, eventually we'll all reach the kingdom we'll of heaven. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um... Before she passed, Blair stated her future plans involved, quote, drinking beer with Terry Pratchett, the popular hey. fantasy novelist who Boom. passed in 2015, and, quote, flying across the moon on her broomstick on Halloween. Uh, Blair kindly promised to communicate with friends and families from the great beyond via, quote, a cockatiel psyche, end quote. Mm. <laughs> um, I think it's meant to be psychic, but it is spelled psyche. Um... Yeah, that's, had, it would have to be a cockatiel psychic energy, right? That's yeah. the uh, that's the adjective. Maybe psyche. Maybe maybe she's misused the word psyche to mean somebody's psyche if they had telekinetic, telekinetic powers. Maybe Something. I don't know. 
Um, Unclear. Yeah. And then finally, Blair uh, has no need for flowers in her honor. Instead, her obituary asks that everyone carve an extra jack-o'-lantern this Halloween. Um, so <laughs> Wonderful. This, the the uh, this uh, uh, Holly Blair exploded into glitter and bats. Uh, unorthodox obituary. Someone uh, sticking to their brand to the very end. Uh, but you can take any of this as literally as figuratively as you would mm. like. Um, and I will put ten minutes on a timer. Tell me right. a story. Okay. Well, to my mind, if I might leap in straight away. Please, please. Uh, I, I'm really, I enjoy the, the exploded into glitter and bats uh, as a sort of opening to an obituary because I imagine hit by a city bus was too unglamorous for oh, the rest God. of the obituary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because, <laughs> unless, of course, she was carrying glitter and bats on her when the bus collided with her. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. In which not case, to be it disrespectful. Be to the, yeah. Well, indeed. But uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's sort of somebody... I kind of... She had me right up until... The whole, uh, the whole Terry Pratchett thing, because for a moment I thought, oh, this is like a genuine eccentric, and then she sort of became a uh, just a sort of fangirl, and I was disappointed. <laughs> but uh, I love That's Terry little, Pratchett. It, I adore it, Terry Pratchett. It is, it is a little too like trying, not quite trying too hard, but sort of you know like in the I writing make business, my quirkiness accessible and yeah, yeah. in the writing, um, it's, it's called putting a hat on a hat. She's put a hat on her witch's hat. <laughs> Two witch's hats on a witch's hat. That's too what many she's hats. Done. <laughs> Too many hats. Three hats, four hats. Uh, too many hats on the witch's hat. Sure, uh, sure. But, okay, but so that's when she lost you. Yeah, that's where she lost me in terms of sort of being a local character. But we can still take the idealized version of her as this uh, lovely and clearly a very sort of fun and lovely person, I would think. I mean, she rescued that many animals and she's uh, making this sort of fun plea to the neighborhood to, to get jack-o'-lanterns carved, which is fun and for all the family. she has that many useless husbands. That's right. She had yeah. multiple useless husbands who I imagine were all put on jack-o'-lantern carving duty and didn't pass the test, <laughs> which is why they're ex-husbands. But um, I, I, like, I like the sound of this person. I think there, there are two options. One of them is uh, pre-explosion or post. And I think the, uh, I like the idea of maybe a distant relative who is a bit of a Scrooge uh, or a bit of a Tom Crowley. As, mm-hmm. as we call them, uh, who would <laughs> yes. turn up and go like, oh, God. And maybe this uh, man or woman uh, or whoever it is, is is feeling, you know, they're feeling a bit like, oh, I wish we could have just had a proper goodbye, a proper like farewell, like a traditional funeral that I can relate to. And, and they're resentful of that. But turns out the stuff about the cockatiels uh, psychic transmissions was not rubbish. No, 100% he, accurate. Indeed. And he strikes up a relationship, you know, with this grandmother, great aunt, or he or she or they do this. And uh, then it's the it's a lovely story of reconnecting with a, a, an estranged relative, but that relative is now in the body of a cockatiel. And I think that's what I'm leaning towards, because I think that the ex- examining how someone relates to a true eccentric like that, uh, particularly if they're a cockatiel. I think that, yeah. that interests me as a storyteller. But I, I'm open to negotiation. Yeah, could I put a slight spin on that? Yeah. Um, during her lifetime, this person claimed to be a witch. Therefore, she had psychic powers. She could see the future. She was a clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed her, least of all her estranged nephew who is too busy being a Tom Crowley on Wall Street. To really, you know, have any kind of a relationship. Buy me twenty-three Tom Crowleys. <laughs> um, but then, when she passes away, he is her closest relative, and so he inherits kind of this situation that is, mm. I would like for my funeral or my memorial services to, in lieu of the traditional church and funeral service, I would like it to be, you know, 
these many black rows arrangements over here, this strange situation over there, um, just kind of this laundry list of odd things to do. And the nephew reluctantly starts to do them. And the more that he starts to do them, the more he kind of realizes, oh, hang on a second. The, when I went to the florist and bought those flowers that she wanted, that knocked out a domino over here, and then that resulted in him re-meeting his daughter, who he had lost track of all these years. Interesting, okay. And now they're reconciled. And kind of all of these, like, things that this person is having their nephew do from beyond the grave seem to be having this very actual palpable good in the community in all of these improbable ways. And so suddenly you're dealing with, like, wait, hang on a second. Did she actually have these magic powers? Yeah, that's Could nice. she see the future? Now, the tone of that, is is this still, like, a little bit ha-ha city uh, Wall Street, a Tom Crowley has to deal with magic, ha-ha-ha? I'm going to imagine Hugh Grant right. in the lead role. Yeah, okay. okay. I can see okay. Like young or or I was going to say, or is, it, or is it slightly more earnest or more serious? Because I think it could go either way. I just wanted to ask. I think it's fairly silly. Hugh Grant I think you have a kind of a, a balance of... They need a job. <laughs> I, th- I think there's room for a bit of both. I do. I think that you you have, um, you know, because these these could be things like get a sprig of heather and stand on top of the grain silo and and sing right. a song from Hamilton or something, you know, and, right. and somehow that's exactly the right place to be and the right thing to do in a way that you couldn't even conceive of. But Well, mm-hmm. because, you know, then like the grain silo breaks and you fall in, you're about to die, and sort of the old retired firefighter that... Uh, always felt conflicted about getting kicked off the force happens to be walking by they save you all of a sudden they have a new lease on life because they were able to save one last person that's you're right kind of yeah. going you know like it's all of these sort of very improbable good mm. deeds that come out of these very strange situations yeah i think that's fun and i think they they're daft but i think it's well it's like groundhog day groundhog day is a very silly comedy but it has a kind of core of being a real rom-com but also has this sort of make the most of your life message to it, which is very sincere. And, you know, by the end, you are feeling like, oh, he learned to play the piano. Oh, he made his piece yep. with um, Stephen Tobolowsky. What was that character's name? Ned Ryerson. That's and, right, uh, Ned Ryerson. You know, he made, made his piece with how annoyed he is about him. And all of that stuff, you know, it builds up. And you do care about it. I think you can make this quite daffy, especially because this person was a real eccentric. And I think that a character like that, if you, if you treat them po-facedly, you're not doing them justice. I think that the other element of it, though, has to be that maybe he does one or two of these things, starts to see that they have results, gets a little freaked out, and is mm. kind of going like, nope, that's it, I'm leaving town, and like, you know, going back to New York, forget about this. Mm. And when he tries to do that, something bad happens to him. Right. You oh. know, like a tree falls on the road and almost crushes his car and, as he's driving yeah. in it. Just kind of yeah. like, there's all these things that are like, really, do you want to fuck with your all-seeing, future-predicting, oracular aunt from beyond the grave? Yeah, and this is where I think we need the talking cockatoo. because, Or if not talking, <laughs> mm. then communicating somehow. Because I think we, we need... It, if it speaks, we can leave it ambiguous as to whether this nephew is, is just losing his mind or if this is a genuine message. You know, these are messages from beyond the grave. And, and maybe that, because as you said, Gabrielle, we can leave it uh, opaque as to whether these are real predictions that have been made... Um, to the letter and made accurately with a view to being able to see the future or whether it just so happens that these are crazy out of the way things this guy would never normally do and what he's learning is that it's that sort of thing you should take a chance on sometimes Mm -hmm. absolutely now if the 
cockatoo is talking, who who is the voice? Well, I, Gilbert well, Godfrey. Meryl Streep. Gilbert uh, Godfrey. Was, <laughs> Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert yes. Godfrey, yeah, of course, perfect. He's got a uh, small talking bird experience. He could do the role. <laughs> no, hang on. Sure. Meryl Streep, though, let's consider this a possibility for a moment. Let's go 100% to the opposite direction of what I suggested. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the opposite of Meryl Streep? Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey. Godfrey. Yeah, yeah no. perfect. Yeah. I think you could go further. I think there are other ways. I bet there's a raspy-voiced, like, Bollywood actor who you could cast as mm. the exact opposite of Meryl Streep. But I, I pictured right. this as being the uh, the eccentric woman's spirit in the body of the cockatiel. Or, no, actually, no, it is more fun if if the if the cockatoos are familiar, partly because yes. that opens up Gottfried uh, possibilities, but also because maybe then it's it's he still doesn't get a direct line of communication with this yep. aunt or whoever it is. Uh, right. That he misses, so they can't actually converse directly. But the cockatoo can go, What? Your aunt was a crazy old lady! You know, and kind yeah. of uh, give him some. <laughs> Doesn't form mean she connection. was wrong! Yeah, quite, right, right, yeah. Right, right, right. And it turns out there's a wider network of perhaps animal familiars. Um, That'd be fun. That can then, that can then advise uh, this man when he um, inevitably, like, leaves, tries to bring the magic back. Uh, when he when he returns and tries to uh, finish all of the the list and it doesn't have quite the same results because he bailed. Yeah, yeah, he's he's thrown everything out of whack and he has to. Uh, yeah, I like it. I yeah. like that. That's a really fun a reverse detective story where he throws all of these events slightly out of skew and then he has to try and reverse engineer these prophecies to yeah. find out what it is she was trying to get him to do. If you see what I mean, so I do, in the yeah. case of the grain silo, he's you know if if he go if he hadn't gone through with that, he would walk past this grain silo and see this guy go past, and he'd say, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" And he'd say, "I'm not doing anything. I'm just on a walk." It's like, okay, why are you on a walk? What? What? Tell me about your life. And he says, right, well, right, I, right. I left the fire service because I was embezzling ladders, and now I can't. I, I'm depressed, <laughs> and I don't want you know. I don't know if I want to try and do more jobs that help people because I just got bit I don't on have the ladders. Yeah, I, I want more ladders to get up to my treehouse. And um, so he was, so he walks by and he goes, okay, so what could it have been? And they gradually he works something about rescuing. Yep. And so yep. he has to kind of, you know, and you, you'd yeah, call it. Yeah, piece it together. That's it. And if it was Tim Burton directing it, you'd call it the fantabulous reverse prophecies of old Agnes doodad. You know, like it would be something so, like that. So I was, I was That's time, technically. So well, let, let me Agnes doodad is kind of where we stop, but I will let you finish your thought. Sure. No, 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 well, maybe, I, yeah. I do just sort of want to articulate. I think that we made this movie about someone that is forced by a dead relative to be Amelie from the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's then pretty good. when he yeah. veers from the path, then he needs to figure out how to turn himself into Amelie by his own will. Mm. So it ends up with him becoming a witch at the very end? Oh, I, suppose, I suppose so. That might be the logical extreme of kind of, I can't mm. do this with mortal powers. So I clearly need yeah. to commune with the other side. And that's when it's, his a, it's dead interesting. Aunt I mean, takes over his body. Yeah, we are. And, and that was yes, the Wicker that was Man the plan ending. All along. Yeah, he works out that the final task is going to be climbing inside the this tree in the back of her you know, garden, <laughs> and uh, then he suddenly finds himself transformed, and it was a human sacrifice she was seeking all the time, but he had to well, be ready. On that uplifting note. 
<laughs> is that 10 minutes? This, oh, no. Yeah, it was. It was oh, so Oh, this was close. great, guys. It was so close to being an uplifting, if somewhat unusual comedy. But then at the end, no. But the buzzer went off, man. So that's canon now. That's what uh, happens it. at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it veers straight back into knockabout comedy. That's what I like about the ending, is it, yeah. it takes this really sincere, funny, happy story. And then just, just grabs the steering wheel and hammers it to the left. I like it. Oh, my God. Mm. Well, we will get on uh, typing that up so that it this this uh, tonal sabotage can be greenlit. And Thank you. In, yes, please, Robert uh, Pattinson, for the guy, uh, please. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on VOD very soon. Uh, we will be back after a break. Hey everybody, Gabriel here with a very quick message before we get back to the second bad idea of today's show. If you enjoy the audio fiction work that Zach, Sarah, and I have done, if you're thinking that you might want to get started on an audio fiction project of your very own, or even if you're just a fan of fiction podcasts and want to learn a little bit more about how the medium works, well, I just want to remind you the three of us put together an online class that talks about all of that and much, much more. It's called Audio Fiction 101, and it's a download of everything that we learned about how to create and write audio fiction by making Wolf 359 and Time Bombs, our first two big series. Um, so if you are at all interested in getting the hard-won knowledge that we learned out in the field just downloaded directly into your brain where it will live and transform you into a powerful storytelling mutant. Well, you can do that right now. You can head on over to Audio Fiction 101. That's Audio Fiction 101 with the numerals at the end. Uh, and you can get started on that course today. And you can get started on writing the next great audio fiction project. Okay, that's all. Let's get back and see what's in store for us with today's second bad idea. All right, everybody, welcome back to more of no bad ideas and now for something totally different but still thematically linked uh as so often happens here no happens. bad ideas yes the two bad ideas end up kind of um synergizing a little bit so i have for you another um message of strangeness from beyond the grave Ooh. Uh, so are you guys ready to jump into our next bad idea Absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. Well, from our good friends at Reuters, uh, and as always, episode will be will uh, the episode description will feature a link to the article. Um, headline reads: Belgian city finds its former mayor's heart <gasps> in a fountain. Oh, oh, oh that's my not where that God. should be. My immediate no, well, question is: How former? Like, are we talking like? Oh, don't uh, worry, Zach. We we're going to get there. We're going to okay. get there. For oh. years, it was just an urban myth. 
Christ. Then the diggers moved in and found it was true that the heart of a former mayor in the eastern Belgian city of Verviers really was buried under a fountain. Did R.L. Stein write this article for Reuters? <laughs> uh, he was saying it was just years. a myth. <laughs> Probably not, but he could be working under a pseudonym. Um, a small metal box containing Pierre David's heart in an ethanol-filled jar was Ooh. uncovered during renovation work on the city's ornate stone fountain last month. The relic is mentioned in civic documents, but until it was found, no one really believed it. Verviers City Councilor Maxime de Gay told Reuters, Today, the legend is no longer a legend. It's reality. Um, David, the city's first mayor after Belgium became an independent country, was oh, still in uh. office when he died in 1839. After and falling to be so from for a 20 building, years. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, authorities built a fountain in his honor and with his family's permission placed his heart under a stone in the monument in 1883. That's almost 50 years after his death. Ooh, that answers my question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blimey. Took a also, long time to build that fountain. Took a long time to build Belgium, evidently. I didn't yeah. think Belgium was that young. I thought Belgium was the same age as France. Great Britain, but no. Uh, so here comes the best detail. The box is on display at the Verviers Museum of Fine Arts and Ceramics, but it will be returned to the fountain in the city's Palace Verte once the renovation is complete. Wow. They're putting it back. Right, right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Makes sense. I was uh, going to leap straight in with the story idea, but I'll wait till we've begun the official conversation. Quote, I do not know of any other example of a mayor whose heart has been preserved in a monument <laughs> in the middle of his town. That's unique, said Natalie Wirtz, the museum's <laughs> deputy curator. Cool. Um, of stating the obvious. There follows some more information. <laughs> implying about what, unique is good? Implying yeah. unique is good, I it's suppose. Not necessarily implying a unique is unique. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there follows some more information about what Mr. David did for the town, first mayor, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. He uh, set up the city's fire brigade, opened up politics, all good, fascinating stuff. None of it which is really germane to our interests. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, 10 minutes on the clock. Tell me what we're going to do with this um, heart in a box in a fountain in Belgium. I was going to leap in the second you said it will be returned after the mm. re, uh, the restoration is complete, and then I was going to leap in and say, unless it went uh -huh. missing, ah. and that was where I was going to go with it. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's too first root. What do you guys think? I'm I I am curious about like the legend of this. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, as the article went, it made more sense. Like, oh, he was the first mayor when Belgium was founded. This was a long time ago. Um, but, like, a version of this where someone clearly made this story up and then it turned out to be true. Um, <laughs> and, like, this, this per, you know, this um, gossip spreader has made up a bunch of other stories. And so now mm -hmm. there are treasure hunters trying to find, like, other secrets of Belgium history hidden yeah. across their town. Like, I think that might be kind of fun. Because um, if that's true, then what else is then true? Then what else is true? Yeah. Um, are, they, the are they, like, Piss manifesting? Priceless jewel up his dick. That would be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so this is a story about... You gotta smash about, it off. And then... So this is a story about someone who 
cannot tell a lie. Not improbably because he is incapable of telling things that are not true, but because even more improbably, the universe rearranges mm -hmm. itself to mm. make whatever he says be true. Sort of a king oh, minus touch of bullshit is, ah. is how this works. Oh, that's cool. So you start yeah. these sort of urban myths and somehow, and then maybe he thinks, oh, I'm just very, I mean, I've either got like the golden touch in terms of being lucky or I'm magically making these things happen, but it turns out someone is actually staging this stuff for his benefit. <laughs> but why would be the question. But yeah, that's right, the way that I want to go with question. it. But I do like the sequence where he thinks that maybe it is, you know, that everything that he says does come true. And so he's just kind of running through all his vocabulary and is like, okay, if somebody's annoying me, I can never say, you're killing me, because then they will pull out an axe and yes, proceed the monkey's to chop me into bits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, um, Mr. Purple, what's his name? Purple Man from um, Jessica Jones. Oh, uh, uh, oh uh, um, Kilgrave. Yes. Kilgrave, yes. Yeah. The 10th the Doctor from David Jessica Kenner. Jones. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he <laughs> going, well, which is what he does. But mm. uh, yeah, he uh, he's very good in it. It's not, it's not a diss, but he, I was counting the seconds until he went, well. And I think it was like his first <laughs> scene, two lines in. Well, it happened. But anyway, that's his trademark. I can't deny him that. Sorry, moving on. Uh, yeah, I like that, the idea that, and that, that kind of brings with it. See, I think, I think, I, I, can imagine the sort of Netflix drama version of this where they try and play that really straight. Yeah. And I just think it would be too silly. So I think you that's almost like a sort of semi-comic interlude. It wouldn't have to be a comedy, but it needs to have a wry humor to it. This guy trying not to just make any legends become manifest by mistake. Right. I think. Just, yeah, the sort of this, is, this is a guy who's lived with this power for, for quite some time. Mm. Um, is very bored with it, is, has conflicted feelings about having it, and is just trying to go about his everyday life. But just, um, you could really like do some plays with language because just things that he says uh, that are idioms or that, uh, you know, are, are figurative could end up spawning legends and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Oh, God! Oh, oh God! No. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just starts trying to find every single possible way of skinning a cat. Ugh. But um, yeah, no, it's things like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Again, I think you could, there is a sort of drama adventure way of doing that, though. I think you could make that work. Mm. I think you could, you could have it be, and I think that he would have had to know that he started the rumor that the mayor's heart was buried under the fountain yes. or whatever the equivalent might be. Uh, I think this reminds me of um, Jeremy Bentham's head. Oh. King's College London in London. Have you heard about Jeremy Bentham's stuffed head? I haven't. Jeremy Bentham either founded or was was very uh, was very instrumental. In, yeah, yes, instrumental. That's the expression. A, yeah. yeah, significant in the setting up of King's College London, and uh, I think I believe it's Imperial College London, another university in uh, within the sort of University of, of London network. Um, they have a kind of a rivalry, and Jeremy Bentham, when he died, instructed that he should be stuffed and put in a glass cabinet in the front entrance way of King's College London. He's and so there. he was. And so he was. Yeah, he's there. You can go see his... I remember learning about this in ethical, ethics class. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wait, what you oh, may have also learned is that he uh, often has his head stolen, stolen. by <laughs> rival college students oh, and they man. play football with it. In no! The, in oh, the why? This and is then why they, we can't have nice things, but also, if this is a nice thing, I don't yeah, know if I want quite. nice things. It's not really a nice thing. 
No, I believe it's now. I think the the head that's on there is a waxwork head because the old one's so fucking knackered after being <laughs> oh, played fuck. with so many times and bashed it to fucking bits. This, this but, used yeah. to be way more of a thing. There's like hearts that end up uh, being flung, separated, and like end up in weird places. Body parts uh-huh. end up in this. This I, I'm glad we don't live in the past, guys. Oh, yeah, sounds Except weird. why do I imagine Jeremy Bentham's head just crying a tear of joy for, like, the life that's happening around him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at these spirited students yeah. finally living out my goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I get to see that nice new outhouse they've built uh, yeah. next to the campus. That's good. Lovely public Either, either that or, you know, like, as these guys are playing football with his head, slow pushing on his head, and then you hear, you know, like, just like his voice is like, I have made a terrible mistake. Yeah. yeah. If, if you were playing football with a severed head, like a mummified severed head, and it started saying, ow, each time you kicked it, how long would it take you to stop playing football with that head? I mean, whose head is it? That's for the panel. We're getting off I don't topic know. because yeah. we have three minutes and 45 seconds. Oh, God, sorry. I've completely ruined the conversation. <laughs> no, but um, this is... It's not important. Let's go back to the story. Um. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but what got us on here, I think, was was yeah. So I think he needs to have this guy or this woman, whoever it may be, this gobshite essentially Indeed. needs to be uh, can to know that they made this story up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they they and everyone starts talking about it. They feel really pleased with themselves, going like, <laughs> secretly I know I just made that bollocks up. And then at, when this restoration or this breaking of ground or whatever happens, and it's actually true. Maybe you then have the the person go to the family. You know, maybe it's a more recent event, so mm-hmm. actually there are surviving, yeah. you surviving know, close relatives. Like... Yeah, and 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 they go. We didn't do that. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> it can't be. It can't be his heart because right. we never did that. We didn't do and, that. Yeah. Yeah, and so then it becomes a question of, oh well, is it just he, he's convinced he has these powers, or he does? He actually does have these powers. He or she. But yeah. And and I think that that's I think the important thing to determine whether it is the movie where. They go home very alarmed and try mm. something out just to kind of see it yeah, and then it. gets confirmation or whether it's the movie about, hang on a second, is this just a wild coincidence mm. or do I have these powers and I myself don't know? Right. Or is yeah. there like uh, Helga from uh, Hey Arnold, like sort of sneaking around in the shadows, like making it happen Mm. For some reason, yeah. like that, like I think that 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 is the unanswered question there, and I, I think it's just, in some ways, an easier story to just have the things magically happen and then deal with the consequences. But you, you're pointing a finger that nobody no, else but can I think see. That, but 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 I think that that has to be part of the backstory, no matter what. This mm-hmm. is someone who has kind of made a fame by coming up with outlandish stories and then doctoring events to make it seem like they're true. And then yeah. one day they go to the head of tourism board for the town, and they've tried a lot of schemes oh, that's to great. put yeah, it on the map, that. and yeah. none of them have quite landed. One day they go too far. Fantastic. They like there drunkenly at the pub tell the story about like, oh yeah, the original mayor's heart is under the fountain, and then it's one of these like, oh fuck, well I can't fake that. Okay, oh mm. fuck, they're actually excavating. God damn it, I'm gonna get caught in this lie. Yeah. But then it's there. Yeah, it's yeah, the one yeah. time that he hasn't faked it. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what? That's that's a great rug pull because you get the anticipation of the horror, and then the exact opposite thing that you're convinced is going to happen happens. Yeah, indeed. Which is a great double double twist. But no, but I absolutely think that it needs to be someone that has 
spent a lot of time making their false stories seem like they're true by skulking mm-hmm. right. around in the shadows. Yeah. Right, but this is a lie too far because they yeah. do gene testing and it's actually his heart. How, oh do, how is this happening? The heart is coming from inside the chest. Right. From inside the I fountain. Um, yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's, this, there's the option, though, where um, it could almost be like, I know what you did last summer, where he gets a letter huh. from someone that is kind mm. of like, you're welcome. And if you yeah, don't do exactly yeah. what I tell you, all of your other lies are going to come, you know, are going to come crashing out. down. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. And then, so yeah, Watch you have a tourism kind of falter. <laughs> right. And then it's, then it's a chess match of two manipulators and who is uh, one step is, ahead of yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And thematically, this guy absolutely has to, they have to bring down this schema in the shadows by constructing some sort of elaborate trap exactly the same as digging up the heart, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's something about like you know this. Uh, it turns out that you know that gun on that statue in the town square that actually is the real gun and it still works. And they're like, that's bullshit. That's not real. Bang, and that's the uh, <laughs> that's the conclusion. Yeah, it's uh, up, uh, an ironic trap at the end. In the twenty seconds that are left, what is it called? I wish. Uh, <laughs> careful what you wish for. No. Um, um, Fountain heart. Yeah, very uh, like uh, uh, something, some, something. Some idiom about lying or telling lies. Um, mm, 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 heart's mm. not in it. Cross uh, my heart. That's good. Heart's not in it. It's good. The heart's not in it. I like that. That's good. That wins it for the pump power for me. <laughs> At least for the next ten seconds. <laughs> my heart's not in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. we go. That is time. Hooray! Hey. Wait, guys. I don't know right. how I feel about guys, this, guys, but guys. it's a thing. Zach? Cross my heart and swear to lie. Ooh, oh, yes. nice. that's great. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. I like that's that chunky. a lot. That's chunky. That's powerful. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I have to say, Tom, you you threw down the gauntlet, but I think that both of these stories came out rather excellently. I would they're both getting picked up. These. Yeah, mm-hmm. stick a talking dog in both of them. We're away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I see how the dog fits into the first story. What would the talking dog do in the second one? Now, do you know what? I was joking, but I have got a good idea. So we, <laughs> when we were talking about that, I was thinking about Greyfriars Bobby in Edinburgh, if you guys know this, this fable. It's, that, uh, it's a statue uh, of a little dog, uh, which yeah. is supposed to sort of pat it and get you know, luck. Good luck. Or some money or something. And uh, the story is that there was this guy, I think maybe in some versions he was a monk, or maybe not, I'm not sure. Anyway... So the story is that this dog was the most faithful dog in the entire world. And when the owner died, the dog sat by the grave for, for a year know, and a day or whatever, a oh. year and a day or something. This is all bollocks made up by Edinburgh City Council to attract more people to the city. And I think that's well known that it's just complete fabrication. Uh, but it's a lovely statue and it's a nice story. And, you know, and I think that what I was thinking is that, you know, if you had a similar myth like that, where, oh, on the night that the owner died, the dog statue gets off the plinth and sits yep. by the grave again. And then, you know, there this guy sees this, you know, bronze or stone dog, like, sitting by a grave and goes, that's weird. And then passes by this famous plinth and goes, but that, what? And then <laughs> that's another <laughs> that's another thing, piece of crap he's made up to try and attract people to this podunk town. All right, that's it. We have to write this. We're, 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 it's we're, done. We're, it's yeah. done. Kickstarter we're, tomorrow. Aiming yeah, for 100 go. grand. And uh, off we go. 
All right, we're going to go take care of all of that, dear listeners. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for being here. You're going to be back for our episode on Thursday, right? Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. I'll be here. Everybody meet us back here on Thursday for more No Bad Ideas. Ready and break. This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabriel Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show happen. And a special shout out to our Idealist members, Jennifer Schneider, Rena Sarame, and Rebecca Allen. Today's episode features music by State Shirt and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you love this show, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks.